Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 118. John and Wendy talk to Kevin W. Grossman. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Wendy, I'm well. While yeah. we are still in May, we're thinking a little bit about June. Yeah. And we're thinking about June 7, <laughs> which is... A big day. It, well, yeah. <laughs> it is going to be trivia night again for us. Yes. We are doing 80s trivia on June 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I, some of you know the story. I came up with the <laughs> trivia questions last time. I got a lot of feedback that some of them were a little too hard. Oh my god! Yeah, so I'm. I'm. We are crowdsourcing. <laughs> we are finding different ways. Our last winner, Tracy Sponnenberg, is contributing. Yep. It's going to be super fun. It, June seven is also my birthday. For you '80s fans, it is also the birthday of the late musician Prince, who has been discussed quite a bit on this show. Yes. And it's also the birthday of Larry Hama, who. who? Yeah, exactly. Larry Hama is considered the godfather of modern G.I. Joe. He wrote of the first series that Marvel published in the 80s, 155 issues. He wrote 152 of them. I have driven him for multiple comic book conventions over the year. And like I said, my friends say it's crazy that you somehow got your mother to deliver you on the day that this guy who is our who's our hero. Right. He He is like he is the godfather of what we do. Anyhow, so we're we're uh, putting it out we're putting it out now, so you have plenty of time to get ready. Do you phone up on your trivia, watch some movies, watch the Goldbergs, get ready for it. <laughs> well, you know, it is a private it, it is a private event, so yep. we'll post a day or two ahead of time, collect emails, send out invites, yep. and somebody's gonna win prizes. It's lots of fun. It's loads of fun. You know, I, I have to say, Jana, just to bring up I uh, we do a happy hour at work once a week. No. And uh, for some, somehow I was in charge tonight and I said, let's play a Kahoot game. And I just grabbed one of the random ones. Um, yours was much better. I'll just. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, that makes the, me feel better. The random one I grabbed, at least everything was spelled correctly. Um, the answers <laughs> made sense. Um, I, I had checked a couple of them and they all they looked OK. And then we got to one question where one of the answers was St. Patrick's Day. Um <laughs> That's March eighteenth, I think. Yeah, apparently, yeah. So, okay. yeah. but we had fun with it. It was it was a lot of fun. So, uh, I do recommend, you know, if you're looking for something to do with the with with your work friends or even, um, you know, keeping the the games active and and the Zoom meetings, the Skype meetings fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I you know, just answering stupid questions and seeing what people know is is a lot of fun. So. I'm glad we're. I'm glad that Galen is sponsoring it so that we can continue to do it. Yes, shout out to Galen Emanuel for sponsoring Kahoot for us. And yep. again, uh, keep an eye out for the invites for yep. June 7, 80s trivia not being developed by John. <laughs> so if you have suggested questions, send them to Wendy and I will create. I'm so excited about tonight's guest. Yes. It seems like I've known Kevin forever. And and it goes back to T-Chat, hashtag T-Chat forever. I met him there, and we've kept in touch over the years. We we share a lot of similar interests, which I appreciate. It was almost a year ago now, as we record this, that we were in New York for Namely's uh, HR Yeah, it was. Kevin was there for work. We had dinner, mm-hmm. and that polka band that played all the great music <laughs> was- 80s was, music. <laughs> 80s music 80s and Star music. Wars. Yeah. We, we asked them to play something in particular, and they kind of looked at us like we were nuts. <laughs> But it was super fun, and and I, I told Kevin I was 
thankful while I'm not happy that we're not traveling because of the environment that we're in. I'm glad he's home for a bit and we were able to get him here. I'm going to stop gushing. I'm going to let you make the introduction. We will get started. Yes, definitely. So excited to welcome uh, Kevin Grossman to the show. He is the talent board president and a board member responsible for the Candidate Experience Awards worldwide. Founded in 2011, it's the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevation and promotion of quality candidate experience with industry benchmarks that highlight accountability, fairness, and business impact. He also hosts the popular talent board the CNE's Shop Talk podcast that covers recruiting and candidate experience. He is an avid reader, a grateful father and husband. He writes regularly about responsible parenting and personal leadership at the getofftheground.blogspot.com. Kevin, welcome to the show tonight. We are so excited to have you here um, and have a little bit more formal conversation than we had last, last year at this time. But our first question is always, what's in your glass? Thank you both very much for having me. And my, what's in my glass? It is Racer 5 IPA, which is from the Bear Republic Brewery in uh, Northern California. Nice. I believe Eureka or it's in Humboldt County. Okay. So there you go. Yes. And it's a, and by the way, I'm honored to be on. You, you guys do a great job with this podcast and I'm, I so appreciate uh, being on. And John, you, you had me at, Prince and the Goldbergs, but I'm I, I, I can't help I can't help you with GI Joe. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's, that's quite all right. I know. I, I you know. Thankfully, I guess I am the GI Joe correspondent for this podcast. That's all right. right. All good. Anybody else that want anybody any other HR podcasters that need a GI Joe correspondent are probably going to add. Well, they can ask me. I'm happy to. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. But uh, you know, Kevin. Obviously, we know what you're doing now, and and known each other for a while. Talk a little bit about your path. You know, how did you get started? in the talent acquisition, HR tech, you know, kind of this whole path that led to what you're doing now in terms of candidate experience research. Well, I always like to joke now and for years that I, I only play HR and recruiting on TV and you were supposed to laugh at that, but you didn't. So um, <laughs> give me that can, give me that canned laughter. So here's the thing. I was in high tech marketing communications uh, many, many moons ago in the dot com heyday. This is after, going to school at San Jose State University and working there for many years and fundraising. Anyway, then learned my got my learn my chops in marketing communications. And then there was a startup in Santa Cruz um, that was a recruiting startup. And and at the time um, we matched jobs to to candidates and served them up to our customers with our magic secret sauce. And at the time we were touting artificial intelligence probably a little bit too early to the market in the late nineties. But the it was exciting and and I and I actually did a little bit uh, on behalf of some of our customers a little bit of ad hoc recruiting and, and sourcing and just fell in love with the space from that point on and ever since have been in it mostly on the HR recruiting tech side but in the past five years I've been able to run a research organization about candidate experience and recruiting and just have ever since loved the space and as you know John. You know, I've been blogging for a long time um, and have had worn a variety of hats, have been an analyst in many incarnations and and just love the space, period. How did that love develop? You know, it's fun because obviously, you know, Wendy and I are on, I don't want to say we're on opposite end of the spectrum, but, you know, Wendy really, really loves talent acquisition and, you know, move back into that as a full-time thing. I really like dealing with more generalist kind of stuff, right? 
employee issues, those kind of things. What was that love? How did you develop that? I think it was because at the same time when uh, for, there was a, a, a HR software and services company I worked for for many, many years, over 10 years called HR Marketer. And we worked with a lot of the solution providers and service providers in this in the space that sold to HR and recruiting. But I think the, even from the early days of that that startup that I worked for, the the whole and then and working in a, in small businesses and actually doing everything right, doing the recruiting and the hiring and the the training and unfortunately sometimes the letting go in the context of a small business, I all the things about people management, really um, the good, the bad and the ugly and the in-between. I, that's how really what, what, why I loved it. And I've wanted to stay in it ever since um, for that matter. It's just, there's something about being able to identify and, and hire people for your organization that you're excited to work with and either for you or with you or whatever the context is. And um, that's really what got me hooked. You know, not not everyone listening is probably familiar with uh, the talent board. So, tell us a little bit about the organization, your role, and then um, what uh, what talent board is offering um, organizations. Sure, absolutely. So, over nine years ago, talent board was founded by three recruiting luminaries in the space: Jerry Crispin, Elaine Orler, and Ed Newman. And I was in one of the early on. It was very much a labor of love, volunteer driven research organization. The whole idea of it was, we listen, we talk all the time about all the bad stuff about candidate experience and what it's like to be a job seeker. We talk about the black hole. We talk about never hearing back. The list goes on. Let's also shine a light on things that are good, things that our companies are doing to make a difference in recruiting and hiring and candidate experience. So that's how it all started. And I was one of the early volunteers so every year we work with hundreds of employers, big and small across industries. They first do a kind of a self-assessment survey about what they're doing in recruitment from pre-application to onboarding. And then they target a population of candidates and get their anonymous feedback because it's all anonymous and confidential for the organizations and the candidates. Um, and they get that feedback about the specific hiring experience at that employer. And then the employers get that data plus the aggregate data uh, and the benchmarks, the averages, ratings that we see every year of how candidates are rating their experience. And that's that's the, really the program. And then the last kind of part of our namesake is the Candidate Experience Award. So those companies who have the highest positive candidate ratings in our benchmark research, those are the ones that we tout publicly and they win our what we call our Candidate Experience Award or Candy for short. Very cool. I, you know, I've seen a lot of the stuff that you put out, and I think it's it's good to to highlight what's what's working um, because I think a lot of times, you know, we focus on what's not. Right. Is that we're right? Exactly. And 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 it's important to know both, right? It's important to understand yeah. your your strengths and weaknesses as an organization, and how again your own candidates and employees, because there's an overlap here too, right? There's um, there's a Employee experience, employee experiences is just as vital, if not even more vital in different ways. But from an internal mobility perspective and the fact that I would argue we're constantly having to re-recruit to retain our people, then it is, it, it's, it's kind of a, this overlap and a, and a wash uh, of that. And what's 
I'll tell you what's interesting is that for nine years, we did this research in nothing but a growth market with month after month job growth. Mm-hmm. And now look where we're at. So yeah. it is, and it's, 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 it's hard to, when you look at the landscape, you know, now 34 plus million people out of work in the U S alone, even now more than ever, we would argue. And there, thankfully there are many companies that feel the same, that it, it's just as important to communicate with your candidates, your employees and, and get their feedback so that you can continue to do a good job because there's also going to be an influx of applications now too, right? I mean, we, sure. We've already heard it and seen it. There's a surge sure. of it. So it'll be interesting to see what kinds of the differences we see this year and next in our research because we've never seen this before. And that's not to take away how hard it is to see what's happening, but from right. a researcher perspective, we're, we're, we are kind of fascinated by what we'll find. <laughs> oh, I agree. I, I'm, I'm very curious. I know I've been talking with some other recruiters who were recruiting during the last recession and I'm trying to find, to see if anyone else was recruiting in 2001, like I was um, just to kind of talk about all of the, the three different, you know, big events. Greg, and exactly. You know, how that's, how we've evolved and then you know even the the uh, the social media media perspective that's adding another layer to all of it now that we didn't have those last two times exactly so, so i'm i can't wait to see you guys find <laughs> yeah. yeah i you know one, one one quick note about why i think it's it's a it's of note because um from 2016 to last year even in the growth market candidate market, lots of candidates are ghosting that we've never seen before, kind of unprecedented in, in many organizations. And I had talked to many heads of TA and recruiters that were shocked at how many candidates were ghosting. Yeah. But that the what we call the resentment rate. So the the number, the percentage of candidates who aren't willing to ever apply again, refer other, refer others or buy stuff if it's a consumer company, yeah. the resentment rate grew really? 40, 40% from 2016 to 2019 in our data, 40 just in the U S it grew globally. But I mean, that's during that market. I think that what you're going to see is you're going to have two. I mean, it's, you're going to have companies that are just going to default to not not doing anything different. And you're going to have companies that are, and we see a lot of that publicly now that are trying to do the right thing that even if they've, laid off or furloughed or have frozen hiring to continue to have a public facing communication. This is what we're doing now. They have statements on their career sites. They're talking to their candidates, they're pipelining still, even if they're not hiring, keeping those lines of communication over. That's just, that's, that's really important today more than ever. Agreed. Kevin, if you could give one piece of advice to the folks that are listening that are in HR and talent acquisition, one thing that they could do to improve their organization's candidate experience, what would you recommend? And, you know, where, where do you think most organizations really miss the mark? It really boils down to a few simple, I, well, I think they're simple on it. Many people I think might agree with me. Acknowledgement that I, as a job seeker, am interested in your business and your brand. So acknowledging that. And again, imagine that you have 10 candidates and we call everybody candidates at Talent Board. We don't, we don't d- differentiate between a, an applicant and a candidate. We're all candidates as far as I'm concerned, perpetual candidates. You line up 10, four, five, or six of them are going to research an organization and apply. And that's as far as they will ever, ever get, ever. 
right? Just speaking, running the numbers. And then maybe two, three, or four will get screened and interviewed. Then one gets an offer and one gets hired. So at a minimum, acknowledge that I'm interested. Set expectations with me. What's going to happen next? If I'm not going, if I'm not qualified at all, within a very short time frame, preferably a, a week or two max, if that, reject me. Just tell me you're not going to pursue me anymore. May make it definitive and clear. If you're going to send, if that's an, and if that's an autoresponder, then that autoresponder should say that and not say, if you're qualified, we'll be in touch because you're never going to be in touch. And that's part of the problem, right? Especially with any volume. So I think at a minimum, I recommend be very clear and definitive of, um, and with a very few steps of, with your communication. At a minimum, that's what should be done. And make sure that there's clear, definitive closure with all of the, anybody who's interested and applies for a job, period. I'm curious, and, and I've thought about this a little bit, and maybe this is the time to ask. When you're talking to candidates, those that, you know, to determine which companies are doing it well, how hard is it to get them to respond to you? We want to get, an, you know, they want that feedback, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. Somebody else, re- you know, you're reaching out to them and say, hey, we're trying to collect some information about this company you've applied to. And I'm assuming that many of the people that you talk to aren't hired by those organizations. They aren't. On average, or, you know, how does that typically work? Obviously, they respond because you're able to, to benchmark and collect in- information. I'm just curious how that how that plays. Conservatively speaking, we get year after year, about a 5% response rate. So meaning if you survey 2000 candidates about their experience, 100 will respond. Now that's actually higher still than industry average. Uh, Yeah. It can be for, for third party research, right? It could be one to 2% um, on the average for the, for most of the time. It's usually for midsize to global enterprise, if you were just to partition those out, the averages actually are much higher. They're probably 10 plus percent. Now that's again, being a third party research firm that, that is doing connecting this research on behalf of these employers. So they do respond. You ask, you know, you ask candidates for, we're giving you the opportunity to share your voice and they, they do share again, that's, you know, conservatively speaking, those are the response rates, but it's, it's statistically significant every year the responses that we get per company, as well as just the aggregate. And we think it has been and continues to be a, a really good representation, not just in North America, but the research that we do in EMEA and APAC and now Latin America, which are much smaller scale than North America, but still representative of those regions. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what we get usually. And they do answer. They do respond. Uh, that's tremendous. It's like you uh-huh. said, you know, those numbers are great. I, speaking of that global perspective, too, most of our listeners are here in the States. We do have some international listeners. Do you see much difference in terms of the response from those international organizations, employers, as well as the candidates? Are they looking for different things when it comes to their experience? They're looking for more of the same than anything, actually. Okay. I mean, there are variances in the data, yes. I mean, sure. the, the reset, what I called the resentment rate earlier is lower in EMEA and much lower in APAC and even lower in Latin America. Then that was a pretty small data set that we had last year for the first time. Then, I mean, I 
North America has much more vocal, angrier candidates in people. We, I think we we see that. <laughs> well, I'm being I'm being serious though. No, I, mean, I, I, understand. I understand. It is that is the case, and and more so. And when we say North America, that includes Canada, but they're much nicer up there too. So, um, but I mean, it really it is. They're they're more vocal in North America. So the universal the universals that we see really quick again that every year are the backbone differentiators communication i've already mentioned asking candidates for feedback when you do that you see higher positive ratings giving feedback especially to final stage candidates meaning i'm giving a piece of job fit qualification status as to why you're not going to pursue me any further and as you both know not a lot of companies are comfortable doing that although we found those who who who, who have actually built that into their cultures don't ever see anything litigious at all very often. I mean, we see, you know, big media hype of stories that can happen, but most of the time the candidates are very appreciative of getting some feedback as to why they're not going to be pursued, especially final stage. And then being more transparent in the process and all these things translate into what we call higher, higher level of perceived fairness. It's not about, it's not about making your candidates internal or external happy. It's nice. That's aspirational. It's just about being fair. And their perception of the fairness at the end of the day. And that goes back to, again, you told me what was going to happen next. You told me that you weren't going to, you weren't going to hire me because we're in the business of no in recruiting, right? I mean, we are, right. we're rejecting right. so many. And today is going to be even more so than ever before with the volume that a lot of companies are already seeing. That's, that's the deal though. I mean, again, at the end of the day, just those, those are universal things that we see globally, but there are, you know, there's differences. Sure. North America, one more quick note in North America, the main reason why candidates withdraw themselves from the, from the recruiting process is because they say their time, the negative reasons, their time was disrespected during interviews and appointments every year that trends in North America, that does the top number one negative reason. That's much lower on the list and, and elsewhere around the world. Around the world, there's sometimes it's it's more about the uh, timing, too much time, and then disparity between salary and benefits, which is pretty normal. And then you get a lot of subjective things. Interview disruption is pretty big, especially in the states, unfortunately. And it'll be interesting to see how that translates this year, since we've we've just skyrocketed virtual now, right? Mm-hmm. On the interviewing side, right? I, I think it's interesting, and you know, like you said. You know, if you get 100 candidates for a job, 99 of them think your process sucked. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's... Because <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get it. And and I've had these conversations with other people. It's like, well, I was qualified. Why didn't I get an interview? I'm like, well, they probably right. had 20 qualified people. And unfortunately, sometimes it is just who got in first. It, it doesn't seem fair, but you can't keep a position open. You can't keep interviewing people because right. as we tell hiring managers, the perfect candidate is not out there. So you can't just keep interviewing people. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is that that fun game. But you also know, you both know this too, being in, in, in the field for as, for as long as you have, you know that I everything could go swimmingly until the point of you telling me you're, you're going to pass on me and not yeah. hire me. And then things can still go south and I can still say, well, through you, I'm going to give you right. a one out of five star Likert rating. You know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 that's the subjective part that we can't control. Right. That's going to yeah. that does happen. But we feel that we've been every year we do see, I think, a pretty good, again, sample representation of what candidates experience and you know candidates are also 
we know that um, in globally, around the average is around 25% of all the candidates last year that we surveyed globally said that they were they had an overall great experience and they were willing to increase the relationship with that employer, knowing that 90% of them didn't get hired. So that just means that they said that they're willing to apply again, refer others and buy stuff. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, the, and, and, yeah. and, and 90% of them got rejected. So that's, that's also, that's the positive side that there are companies that are, you know, doing a better job. I think a lot of them are getting it right when it comes to having that transparency and, and just helping them, helping candidates know this is what's going on. This is what the process is. And exactly. I think, like you said, the more transparent you are in that process, the happier candidates are going to be. They just want to know what's going on. Exactly. That's it. Yeah, that That's is. That's all, it's what any of us would want, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Kevin, you and I could probably talk this for hours and hours and hours and it would be fantastic. But so let's head over to our favorite part of our show, our half hour question connection, um, where we get to know you a little bit better. So Kevin, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to, I wanted to be an architect. An architect? <laughs> yeah, I wanted, I wanted to be an architect all the way through high school, actually. And uh, wow, and uh, was it taking drafting courses? And that you know, life takes different paths sometimes, but that was what I wanted to do. Kevin, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? So there is an individual who it, it's maybe a little bit over a year, but I'll, I've just been getting to know her a lot better. And she kind of does some, a little bit of work with us at talent board. Her name's Adela Skolderman and she's uh, been a longtime recruiter, TA professional um, works for a, a, a recruiting firm now has in the past work, worked as a practitioner in other organizations is just a, a really good person. And I highly recommend connecting with her. She's uh, helps us, on um, digging a little bit deeper with companies, what I call doing candidate experience audits, and uh, it's just good people. So a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What do you tell them? Be as transparent as you can with your employees, with your candidates, with, um, with the business, and have a lot of empathy in your job. Because you're there, not you're there for the employees, but you're also there. I mean, let's be real. You're there to protect the company too. Really work that empathy muscle. Kevin, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or even your community at large? Talking shop and learning from everybody that I talk with. I mean, that includes you both. That includes uh, people in our candy community, the, the practitioners and leaders themselves. Learning something new and then kind of becoming a feedback mechanism on that and how that translates in things I write, things that we do in, the, in, in through the talent board and in other uh, avenues. So um, yeah, it's, it's being that, you know, I take a page out of Jerry Crispin's book uh, when he says that he's a lifelong student and I would have to agree with that. And I think paying that back to others as well is super important to me. What is your favorite movie? Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. I mean, hey, listen, I the good, the bad, all of them for that matter. But of course, The New Hope. Star Wars will always be my favorite movie. All right, Kevin, I've been waiting for you to be on the show so I can ask. <laughs> okay, all right. Your favorite musician or band? <laughs> well, John, now that you've asked, uh, that would be the the uh, progressive rock band Rush from from Canada. And uh, for those who go Rush, what? They rush the band as their Twitter handle is known. And uh, Neil Peart, of course, 
God rest his soul, who passed away in January of this year. But yeah, so that definitely, hands down, will always be and has been my favorite group. For and in fact, John, I'm reading rereading now um, Ghost Rider right now. Nice. You missed an opportunity there to, you know, to maybe throw John off by bringing up some other random. I could have done that. Like, I know. No. Taylor I, Swift has I, taken <laughs> over. The weekend, John. The weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really, but I do like some of that stuff. So don't get me wrong. But um, uh, but I, I couldn't do you wrong, John. I couldn't do you wrong. <laughs> How about a favorite TV show? That's a, that's a much harder one. I mean, because there, there's, I mean, I have to. There's a there's a context, right? It's like like your favorite songs too. There's a, like a mm-hmm. emotional context. But I have to say, out of all the great things that we have, my wife and I do watch. Um, this is us. I, I really, ha- I'm, mel- I'm a melodramatic <laughs> guy. I am, and I got to say that this is us has been a really powerful show for me. I think that's the number one show mentioned, quite honestly. I think it is too. Absolutely. Yes. We, we get it so much. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. I love that show. I mean, I, cause I mean, and you know, there's a whole litany after that, but that one probably, yeah. Top <laughs> I knew you were going to say I, you had to say Rush. You're one of the you're one of the people. You're one of the reasons that I started Rush Saturday. And interestingly enough, our friend Steve Brown had texted me a couple weeks ago and said, "Hey, when did we start Rush Saturday? Yeah, when? When did we? Kevin? It was December of 2015. Are you serious? So it'll be five years in December. So I'm wow. going to do something. I don't know what, but. When we get there, we will have some kind of celebration. We need to do that. That's, um, it's unbelievable. And for those of you listening, Rush Saturday on Twitter, follow us because we share the greatness that is the Canadian, the greatest Canadian export. That is Rush. <laughs> well, you know, just what's been fun about that too, John, and 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 the same with Ben Folds Friday as well. By the way, so we we have to mention that one too. But I think absolutely. But the 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 Rush Saturday has been fun because of all the things that people are finding out there, like the 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 obscure covers and iterations of of their music that I've never even known existed. That's been pretty. That's been a lot of fun too. If you're not watching Star Wars, you're not listening to Rush, if you're not watching <laughs> watching This Is Us, you're not doing those things. What else do you like to do outside of work? Well, drum. In fact, I've been totally taking online lessons again. And uh, nice. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm super excited about it. my years ago. My wife bought me an electronic kit and I played. I, I did it, went at it for a while. And then, of course, the garage got full of stuff and things moved around and my drums got crammed up against the wall, but now I've got my space again. So I'm totally taking online lessons again. Very fun. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's good for my, my head too, as much as it's very um, cathartic. I, I love that this is bringing that out for people getting those online yeah. lessons. And, yeah. um, you know, I saw Sarah Noel Wilson is learning how to play the accordion because she put that out on Twitter and somebody contacted her and now she's taking accordion lessons. Very nice. Um, awesome. My daughter does her guitar lessons via FaceTime. So I, I love that those things haven't stopped. Right. Agreed. So Kevin, finally, it is Kevin Grossman day all around the world. Is it? What are we really? doing? It is. Okay, sweet. What are we doing to celebrate? We're celebrating empathy and love. That's what we're celebrating. Um, because this, there's just, there's so much, just horrible things today um, and the bringing out the worst in people. And I'm 
all about bringing, want to be all about bringing out the best in people. I think my family helps me do that. My wife, my two young daughters. Um, and I, that's what I want to celebrate on Kevin Grossman day. Kevin, I can't think of a more appropriate way to end. As you said, you, you try to bring out the goodness in people. And I know you do. It's funny. You gave me one of the first opportunities to do a podcast that wasn't for fun when you had me on reach West way back. If you remember that, I do. And I'm so appreciative of that. I'm so appreciative of the T-Chat community that is still out there. I mean, some of those people that I connected with all, you know, five and a half, six years ago, stay in touch, rush Saturday, all these things we've, we've done. And, and I really appreciate what you're doing with candies now and continue to learn great stuff with you doing. I know most of the listeners out there probably know you, but those that don't, what's the best way for them to reach you now, now that they've gotten to. Uh, can I, can I with me on LinkedIn, just look for me at Kevin Grossman talent board on LinkedIn. Can I with me there? You can go to the talentboard.org to learn, to learn more about, um, the candies and the, the benchmark research program. And then Twitter handle is at Kevin W Grossman. We will have all that in the show notes. Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for the listeners to find you? Uh, best way is of course, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A I L E Y. And of course the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of the twice monthly HR social hour, Twitter chat. How about you, John? JohnThurman.com for all things John Thurmond. For the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, anything you can do to help boost the signal. We always appreciate it. International listeners, we're going to keep asking. <laughs> Get in touch. We'd yeah. love to send you a gift for being part of the community. Amazingly enough, in that last trivia night, we had someone from Afghanistan taking part yeah. for a short time. And again, that's why we're throwing it out now that maybe those of you that are uh, not close geographically can be there on June 7. But again, we, we do appreciate everybody that takes part. Kevin, thank you again so much for being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 